They say it's lonely at the top in whatever you do. You always gotta watch motherfuckers around you. Nobody's invincible, no plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with and do your thing with could set you up and wet you up. Nigga, peep the language, it's universal. You play with fire, it may hurt you or burn you. Lessons are blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lace tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. There ain't nobody to trust. It's like sabotage. It's got me ready to bust, but I can't jeopardize what I've done up to this point. So I'm gonna get more. Yo, guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the CW Clinic. We have a special episode for you today. Today is a big day in our podcasting careers. Steve and I are very happy to present to you our 20th episode. Yay! (laughs) In hindsight, uh, this was not easy to get to. We went through three months of recording this show without an actual release of the first episode due to us basically being ignorant on how to be podcasters. And uh, once we started figuring some shit out, we started releasing some good content, and 20 is a big mark. So for today, we've decided that we're going to answer some questions that we've gotten over the course of the past couple months in regards to the podcast. And uh, we have a couple of faithful listeners that Mm. like to really understand what's going on when it comes to what's going on in our personal lives. And though we do talk to them in person, uh, it's also good content for the podcast. So we have a couple of questions lined up. We're going to explore them pretty deep and um, explain how it could be relevant to problem solving and, and dealing with personal situations. So, so check it out. All right. We're going to start with our first question, actually. And it's directed towards Steve. Steve, uh, some time ago, went through a situation with one of his colleagues at the time on his side hustle. And uh, it it really shook him up. And, you know, he really opened up about it on one of the episodes. And one of our listeners, Devin, uh, his Instagram handle is at Devin Loves Amy. First things first. What up, Devin? Thank you for all the support, my friend. It is it is absolutely humbling. I, I know you you live and die our podcast and in everything that we do personally. But check Devin out. Um, at uh, at Devin loves Amy. Devin asks. Uh, he wants to know a little bit more about what sh- what what really happened with that situation when it came to. You know, Steve basically being called a liar by one of his podcasts and his side hustle, and rightfully so. I mean, I've heard the the story explained several times, and the the cliff notes that he gave on the podcast was just that cliff notes. So, mm. so Steve, well, be- actually, before I ask you the question, let me be proper. Let me introduce the co-host, the producer, the handsome. Steven Taft. What's up, Steve? You know, living the dream, man. Living the dream? Every day's a holiday, every meal's a feast, and I'm just a beast. I <laughs> was, that, was that supposed to rhyme? No, no. I, I, I didn't put the right inflection at the end of that and like realized I kind of left it hanging. And had that, to... That's a good frame of mind you have, though. Yo, uh, you know, it's a frame of mind that's definitely developed over, uh, over my time of doing doing this yeah. you know because as i 
was looking through the feedback, you know, because we were trying to figure out um, we wanted to pick like four or five highlights to to really dive into, and there was a lot of great feedback from a lot of our listeners. And um, I oftentimes forget that, like, while I'm sitting here doing this, I'm also learning right alongside our listeners. Uh, for those of you who have been with us since day one, you know that my my purpose in, in coming on to the show was kind of to be um, the focal point and to, to help Chris ignore the squirrels and stay on track with what he was talking about. And uh, where, where relevant, add my, my two cents. But, you know, I'm learning right alongside you guys a lot of these episodes. And um, I think that mindset has definitely developed over the past 20 episodes. Because I was definitely, I, I won't deny it, guys, at the start of this whole project, the world was out to get me. You know? Yeah, man. You know, watching you develop has been something that's a treat. You're like a snack, Steve. Mm. You're a snack. Am I, here's the question, though. Am I caramel-filled or do I have creamy nougat? You? Yeah. You're, you're like one of those unique snacks okay. that if you were to bite into it, it would have both caramel and cream and like that unknown film. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you can't place it. You're like, oh, I'm not sure what this is. Is it rich mahogany or what? What is this? Is it of a? <laughs> is it from outside this world? I don't know. I can't place it. But you're definitely a snack, and it's a treat to watch you um, come along, bro. Uh, and I know, I know you have your hands full in life, and being able to kind of like you know help you and mentor you along the way is is fulfilling for me. So. You know, props to you for figuring it the fuck out, dude. And and none of us are perfect. We don't all mm -hmm. have it figured nope. out. But you're figuring it out. And, it's a process. And I know you rhymed, but don't become a rapper. Just right. that's my advice to you. I don't know. I got some sick tracks. If anybody wants to know about those sick tracks, they really do exist. But you gotta get at me. Those sick flames. Those those hot flames that you that spit. hot fire I'm spitting right. all the time. No, I've heard you play guitar and sing, which. I, I agree with you are you are excellent at but rapping on the other hand listen I'm telling y'all right now it happens you can at me we could talk about it and then you could at Chris to tell him how fire my rapping really is because I promise you it exists in more than one place so so speaking of fire how how far <laughs> how fucking fired up were you with that situation that, that yeah Dev, that Devin's talking about well I mean it, let's let's just put it this way right we turned it into an episode I believe it was episode nine I believe it was called emotional intelligence on display yep um, I was I was pissed first off because um, so I, I guess I gotta give like a brief for those of you who may not have heard that episode, definitely go back and listen to it to kind of really see the funk and the pain that that put me in. Um, but a really good friend of mine, somebody that I work closely with on, as Chris said, uh, he was helping me with a side hustle. Uh, he was one of, there were six of us together that managed a group of people to honestly create a fun and interactive community. Uh, and I could deal with a lot of things in my life. Um, you can call me whatever you want. I've actually gotten really good at just blocking out the haters. Um, but there's two things that I think go beyond any justifiable realm of decency. And that's being a liar or being a thief. It's inexcusable in my world. So if you really want to get at me, call me a liar. 
Like that, that was the, it, you know, especially coming from a, somebody that I considered a close friend. It was like a knife in the freaking kidney, dude. It, it went in, it hurt, and then it just kept getting twisted. Um, and it took me actually, so I had talked about it with Chris before we did the episode. Uh, I talked about it with Chris the day of the episode. We did the episode. Um, you know, we talked about strategies for identifying the situation and having the emotional maturity to move forward with it. And I won't lie, guys, even after talking to Chris and even after knowing what the right answer was, I didn't immediately deal with it appropriately. Um, you know, the, the general advice was apologize and move forward. But at the end of the day, I didn't feel I needed to apologize. I didn't feel I did anything wrong. I didn't feel like I was a liar. And to me, apologizing meant that I had to admit that I was wrong in some way, shape, or form. And still to this day, I generally don't feel like I was wrong. But you have to make a decision, right? Um, so Devin had asked me, what did I do afterwards? What was the follow-up to that conversation? Truth of the matter is, I just kept it moving. Um, I had to interact with that person still to do the job that we were doing. It was part of my side hustle. It was literally part of the way I was getting the bills paid every month. And I had a choice. Go without or suck it up and deal with it. So I actually did end up apologizing didn't feel like I was at fault and it was a half-assed insincere apology I won't lie but it was what needed to be done for that person and I to continue working on projects together to get what I needed done and I just kept it moving that way continuous attacks came at me from that person for a while afterwards um, but I didn't respond I didn't rise you know, we have had episodes talk about haters and how they want that rise out of you. They want that response out of you. They want to know they get under your skin. And I just stopped rising to that bait. Um, I accepted that this is this person's perspective of me. I cannot change that that's the way they feel about me. I could argue with them all I want. It's not going to change anything. So I'm just going to be the best human I can moving forward. And if they choose to change their mind about me, fantastic if not oh well it can't be helped it sucks to lose a friend but is that really a friend if that's the way that they're going to treat you so at the end of the day man i actually i gave them the apology they needed not the one i wanted to give i kept it moving i accepted that i wasn't going to change their mind on how they feel about me and then i moved forward being the most positive person i can be if funny story is that person on their own, I didn't pursue it, has come back into my life. Now, I'm not going to lie. I keep them at arm's length now. If you want to go back and listen to another episode, um, and actually something we're going to talk about a little later here, you know, you got to know who to keep close and who to keep at arm's length. And this person has kind of burned that bridge that lets them get close. But when they're at their best, they're a great human. So they've found their way back. into. I didn't pursue it. They found their way back into my life on their own. Um, I believe they've moved forward a great deal as a human. And I just kept it moving, man. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to change the way people think about you by arguing with them. You could do it through actions, or they're just never going to change. And the sooner you accept that, the easier it will be for you to move forward in a positive way. You know, Steve, you said a lot of stuff there that is very, very, very impactful. 
in dealing with people. And I take no credit for what you did, but everything we've discussed on mm -hmm. this show in regards to people, relationships, problem solving, understanding where others stand, you applied to that situation and made the best of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's most important. Oh, I would definitely say, I mean, I know you're not trying to take any credit, but like being here, experiencing this has definitely helped me. You know, we all have an emotional tool, uh, toolbox, right? I've definitely added tools to that toolbox by doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you, you absolutely have. And you know what? The, the whole key to it is when it came to the actual addressing of the problem with the individual, regardless of where the apology comes from, whether it's from you being wrong or his perception of you being wrong, you, you apologizing for his perception of you being wrong is a massive amount of power to have. You're accepting that in his eyes, you're wrong and you're okay with it. doesn't matter. doesn't matter to you if you're wrong or not. But you're taking, you're taking the step as a leader to apologize for something that he thinks is wrong, even if it fundamentally isn't. And that likely is why he's back in your life. Mm -hmm. And he's helped. Oh, yeah. He's helped you and us. And realistically, we thank him for it. And whatever he's doing in your life now, he brings some sort of value and keep it where it is. Keep him at arm's length. Happens to me all the time too. People show their true colors. Okay, perfect. You don't get my time and energy anymore. You can still be in my life. You just don't get my time and energy. And people yearn for my time and energy. So taking that away from them, or in your case, taking it away from them, you know, that's, it is what it is. If they want it again, then they have to proposition themselves for it. I think you handled it well. I want to say thanks, Dad, here, but I feel like... No, I'm going to say thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're welcome, son. You know, it, it's uh, it's a growth process, man. Yeah. And, and if we can continue to approach all of us, life, from the perspective of a growth process, that'd be awesome. And it would definitely benefit everyone. Um, the, you know, coming from Devin as well, uh, he also asked you about... I don't know if you want to kind of highlight the story, but there was a, uh, I'm going to call it a leadership situation you had got yourself into. I believe it was in the media episode after the one I was discussing that kind of had you shook. Um, you want to kind of give us the the outline here? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Devin, Devin actually, bro, you your question to me in regards to this was one that I honestly felt uncomfortable discussing on any form of social to include the podcast because it's it honestly it, it could be looked at as dramatic and you know you know me personally and you know that I am the furthest from any sort of drama um, but the lesson behind it comes with realistically and fundamentally Devin um, Devin's asking about a situation that that shook me up pretty good when it came to my leadership with inside my company. Me more or less understanding where this individual's loyalties lied, and that's with money. 
And fundamentally, the reason why I found myself in the position that I did is because of something that I, it's one of my weaknesses when it comes to leadership, okay? And, and I am perfectly comfortable explaining this. I am by no means perfect, okay? And as a leader, there's a lot that you have to deal with, a lot, a lot of shit that would make most people feel very uncomfortable on a daily basis. But the point is, one of my flaws as a leader is I have a personal connection. I have a personal expectation. I have like a personal, I let things get to me personally. And you know the old saying, fuck your feelings, it's business. Well, when I mentor people and teach people and give them my time and pour my energy into them, I develop like a personal connection with them. When in reality, it's a professional relationship where my personal connection really shouldn't be so, shouldn't be so present. And it's my own fault that I felt disappointed. And I was pretty fucking disappointed in this situation. I was really disappointed because someone that I was paying a lot of money to begin with to do the, to do the job to be done, wanted more money for something that realistically was already a part of the job title to do the work that they were being paid for. Now, this situation happened uh, something like three, four months ago. So I, I would say late, f early fall, something along those lines. And, you know, they took it upon themselves to ask for money to do something when in reality the money was there and has been there for well over two years so i just got i got you know what i i got disappointed i got disappointed it almost sounds like you had expectations i did i had expectations and those expectations led me to be disappointed you know and and you know anybody knows taking your own advice is the hard part now i do take my own advice but there are some situations that are still sticky for me, mm -hmm. all right? And, but understanding where I go wrong is the first step, right? Accepting that you're wrong. We've discussed this. To accepting that you're wrong is the first step. Understanding it and moving past it and learning that lesson is basically the second and third step. And, you know, to kind of build off that, I've run into this situation again as of late. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I had already learned my lesson. I could tell you as somebody that watched both of these play out, it did not play out the second time mm -mm. the same way it did the first time. No. And you, know, you brought up a couple important things there. I just want to make a note real quick of something that a listener might be like, yo, you just kind of contradicted yourself. You said in one episode early on go out and get what you think you're worth yes but also do you the job that you're paid to do it's kind of another thing in here folks is if if i'm hired to frame a house right i don't charge separate to frame doorways it's already included in beautiful metaphor you know it, it's already included in my job um that's piece number one and piece number two chris brought up about us getting stuck you know, as positive as, as we both attempt to be in life, 
even as we were discussing today, sometimes we need a reminder, right? Like mm-hmm. I think back to the discussion I was having with you as, as our day kicked off today and, and frustrations. Yep. We slip. It happened. Oh, totally. We all do. Right? But you, you got resources. In Chris's case, he has the ability to stop, go, let's reflect. Okay, this is what we needed to do in this situation. I set myself up with expectations. Those expectations led to disappointment. I need to not allow that to happen again. Second time rolls around with the recent event, you're good. It's like, okay, I'm not disappointed. I need to solve this problem now because you've already been through it, reflected. Exactly. Sometimes, guys, you need to bounce it off of somebody. Well, that's why mistakes... Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. 100%. And, and, and also, the mistakes are there to, to become lessons. Right. To become lessons. And in this case, you know, three, four months ago, I made a mistake of um, just being too personally connected to something or someone and having expectations. Now, my expectations weren't wrong. I fucking pay you to do something. I expect you to do it. Right. Okay. But my expectations were that it wouldn't be con- wouldn't be looked at as an additional thing to be paid for. That was my own that was my own expectation of the individual. It's just you're right. And I learned from it and I bounced it off Steve and Steve bounced something off me this morning when we were doing our pre-show. And it just comes down to... And also, I want to add something. A a lot of things that I get tripped up on, I don't consciously do, Mm -hmm. right? We're all a product of our environment. And something that I'm starting to begin to learn is I have my own like blocks and boundaries from growing up that have been set in stone without me even knowing. Right. So it takes certain situations to happen for me to learn... That it's a mistake. Yeah. And I have to rewrite how I understand the situation to learn from it. It's really that simple. We have blocks and and boundaries and lines that we didn't even know we had from years of being taught one way or another. And then as adults, we run into it and we're like, boom, oh, slap across the face. Oh, there was something that I didn't even know I had written into my mind or my soul, or however you want to look at it. Okay, perfect. Now I can learn and move past it. Just like you said, I ran into the situation again. I moved right past it. Mm-hmm. And I think in both both situations here, you know, it goes back to like I said, the big topic of emotional intelligence. And part of that is also recognizing when we run into those subconscious uh, beliefs that we have, these subconscious acts and routines and things that we don't even realize we're doing. Yeah, but are either. A, preventing us from success, or B, impacting negatively those around us and we don't even realize we're doing it. Yeah. If you, I think the world today in, in large has a problem of if you point out with a flaw, a flaw in somebody, immediately they get defensive. Right? So two parts, and then we have episodes on both of these if you guys go back. Accepting criticism and emotional intelligence. First things first, have the emotional intelligence instead of getting hurt right off the bat. Stop and identify, is there some truth to it? And then if it's good criticism, can I act on this? Right? So we all have these, these subconscious things that we've been grown up, have brought up our whole lives thinking are right, are okay, are correct. And somebody points it out as a potential flaw or, or inhibitor to our success. And we get so damn defensive over it. 
it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not be the best. What's not okay is to know that something exists that's keeping you from being your best self and choose to ignore it because you don't want to accept blame or fault or that you're wrong in some way, shape, or form. And, and that is that is gold information, Steve. Gold information. I think the route to trying to establish what you should do, like if you're taking offense to it or having an open mind to it, look where it's coming from, okay? So the, like the example that I use, okay? If someone who has accomplished nothing in business or let alone has a business is giving me business advice and telling me I'm wrong, I'm not going to let it offend me. They've done jack shit. Okay. But that you understand? Yep. Do you understand my example? But if like a extremely successful business owner in the fitness industry specifically is like, yo, Chris... You're doing this wrong. I'm I'm not offended. I'm like ooh 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 ooh. Tell me more, <laughs> right. please. You know, and it, it comes down to who is t- telling you these situations. And I've been in both, both situations. More often, the unaccomplished giving me business advice because I'm not like the you know I'm not around the other situation as much but the point is to identify where is it coming from mm-hmm. who is it coming from there's a lot of times guys where we all think we're right but we're actually wrong and the hard part is admitting you're wrong but if you've been listening to this show we teach you how to accept a mistake in being wrong and utilizing it to move forward yeah there I don't want to get too far off on this tangent, but I recently ran into um, a situation that would be a lot like a customer telling a business owner how they should do their job. And I, I think this happens a lot in this world where we, the, the consumer, feel like those providing the product owe us X, Y, Z. Mm. At the end of the day, we come from different roles right Mm -hmm. the consumer is not the business owner it does not understand that there's intricacies to this shit i think of this as i literally this morning was talking about how a non-educator somebody that's literally spent zero minutes ever teaching a classroom tried to tell me what was best for the kids i'm in front of every single day that's the same example i've done nothing in business but i'm gonna tell you how to run your business you don't know coming from a state of criticism you don't know. not a state of like i want to help you you don't know you have no fucking clue right you know i liken this to if those of you who really want the hit home example because i know quite a few people that have you know liked and, and rated and given us feedback our parents I want you to imagine this. Your oh, tween. This, this is a beautiful example. Your little tween, right? Your little 12, 13-year-old has two or three of their friends over at your house. I want you to think about the relief you feel when they go home. I want you to think about that noise and the mess. I want you to think about them yelling at Fortnite. I want you to think about what the bedroom looks like when they go home, all the toys left out. Now add 29 kids to that situation. <laughs> Don't tell me how to do my job, please. I promise you, in my heart, I want what's best for your kid, too. But until you've stood up at the front of that classroom, until you've had 20 employees with needs, 
500 customers that are coming in that day. You don't know. So we're going to move past this, but the point to what we're getting at is look at where the information is coming from. Okay, is it a valid individual? Is it a valid statement? And is it from a criticism? Is it from like a, a detrimental view or a open positive view, realistically? Mm-hmm. But start with where it's coming from, guys. All right. Um, and you know what, Devin, you know, while, while we're still on you, bro, uh, those were excellent questions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and thank you. And, uh, and realistically, they were both two situations that you picked up on that really fucking shook us as people and and that's cool like good observation man that's good attention to detail the fact that you could pick between topics from the show and topics from our lives we respect and appreciate that you're listening that intently dude that that's actually life skill too man that's impressive and i really don't want to put i really don't want to put his his personal life on display here but guys I, I have respect for, for everyone, but there are certain people, certain jobs that I do respect highly, and he does have one of them, okay? Mm-hmm. Devin has been a police officer serving our community for, I don't know how long, I'm guessing probably about a decade, all right? And you know that alone is something that's near and dear to me, being military, and you know Steve's a civil servant as well, just in a different... We're, we're on the same Branch, team. I guess we're on you can the same say. team. We're just we're, developing we're, different yeah, skills. Yeah, we're on the same team. And thank you for what you do, man. You know, mm-hmm. I know I know fucking cops get a bad fucking rap these days, man. And I know that you're a good one. And I know how hard it is, first and foremost, carrying a gun and ha- having to, like, accept the responsibility of the fact that, A, you can pull it, have to pull it, and B, you could not come home to your family. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you for what you do, man. And before we move past your question... I want to give it up to all the fucking cops that are listening. All right, boys and girls, thank you for what you do, guys. If 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 you are an officer and you are doing the right thing, you're a good person. Keep fucking fighting the good fight. Uh, and the last thing I'm gonna say when it comes to Devin is, now we want to shoot a question back to you, mm-hmm. my my dude. All right, you responded to our challenge. All right, you emailed in, and I emailed you the book, The Third Circle Theory. Where are you at in it? Talk to me. Email us back. Where are you? Have you started reading it? Or do you think you're in the first circle? Are you in the second circle? Are you in the third circle? Lay it on us, my G. All right? Email us back. Steve, what's next? So this next one, I'm actually interested to see how Chris responds because, you know, I I don't know that he knows that we got this feedback. I sometimes like to keep little nuggets hidden away from Chris because I, I like to use them at a later date, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I got a story, a special story. And I want to see if you could pick up on it mm-hmm. just from the date and the title of the email. The date is Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And the title is, Can I Help You With the Trash? <laughs> oh, yeah. I- I'm picking up what you're putting down. Why don't you why, why don't you tell me your perspective and then I'll I'll let the folks know what the email said and uh, we can see if they match up. All right. Okay. Um. First things first. Trash has got to go out. No matter what you do, where you live, who you are, 
how much money you make, all right? We all sit down on the toilet, we all shit. Sometimes we all get shit on our hands, all right? Doesn't matter if you make $5 million a year or $5,000 a year, you shit on your fucking hand, okay? Straight up, all right? We all put on our pants every single day. We all put on our shoes and tie them. Unless you have Velcro and you're like awesome. You know, like, yeah, so, I mean, like some of the kids. Yeah. Right? Or you just wear sandals. But you guys know what I'm saying. All right. So trash is something that I use as an example quite often. All right. You know, like the example that you'll hear me say a lot is if someone's going to come to me and ask for a raise, normally my first response is, when was the last time you took the trash out? Well, that's not my job. All right. Regardless of what, you know, is said, the trash has got to go out. Am I am I on the right tracks, dude? I think so. I think so, so far. There was one individual on Christmas Eve, though, that has a special trash story. Kate. Yep. Uh, hold on, real quick. Shout out to Kate the Great, Hacked Pug. Uh, Kate. Thank you for your feedback. I'm going to let Chris get on with the story. My apologies. So before I get into the story, let me talk a little bit about Kate. Kate, I know you're a listener. I value you. Kate is a is someone that I met, um, I'd say, about, about a couple of years ago. And her and her husband, members of the gym, um, her husband has helped me, Rob, what up, dude, immensely with projects around the gym. Kate has started her little side hustle, started a little cleaning business. And I I don't even want to say it's little. She cleans my fucking gym seven days a week, 365 days a year. I've, she's been working for me, quote unquote, for well over a year. I'd say probably about a year and a half, give or take. With the expectation of my gym gets cleaned, I pay you to do it. Now, I'm not rude like that, but that's the expectation. Right. You don't not clean on Christmas Eve. You don't not clean on New Year's Day. It's a gym. We're open seven days a week, 364 days a year. The one day that I am not open is Christmas Day. Just to put it into perspective, what day was that email sent in? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. All right. Um, and she does a phenomenal job at, at cleaning. I mean, her attention to detail is, is, is beyond what most have. Her willingness to help, her eye for dust, her ability to get the job done is just, it's just not seen anymore. It really isn't. It's just not seen anymore. And she, she shows up, she runs a little crew. You know, she's got a crew. she got some helpers. She also cleans my house once a week. All right? I don't have a big house. It's less than 1,000 square feet. I always wondered why your house was so damn clean. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but like on the real, I'm a clean dude. And that's why Kate cleans the gym because she does a great job. I had to let go of the last company because it was always a problem. It was always a fucking problem. And, Kate, and, and I'm very strict. I'm a strict dude when it comes to cleanliness first things first for the those of you that work out do you want to work out in a dirty gym no do you want to live in a dirty house no not me all right 
I'm OCD. I'm a very clean person. Like I, I live very clean. Like mm-hmm. even even my toilet is for the most part clean. You know what I mean? And um, but Kate comes in once a week. I'm not at my house a lot. I'm really not. You know, like I sleep, drink coffee, do laundry, pack my bags, and that's that's pretty much it at my house. So like it's not like I make a lot of mess, but. You know, Kate cleans my house too, and my house is fucking spotless. And she cleans it once a week. The gym, she tre- she cleans seven days a week, even on holidays. Doesn't matter. Snowing, she cleans it. Holiday, cleans it. The point is, she's a hard fucking worker, all right. And she's good at what she does. And beyond that, she loves what she does. She loves to do that, all right. And I know her goal. I know it. I've been helping her with it, right. She's going to buy another house this year. All right, her second house. You know what? I'm happy to be able to help her with that opportunity to achieve her goal. And I just talked to her yesterday. She sent me a picture of her cabinets being painted. Hey. Her house is going on the market. She's buying another market. She's buying another house. She's doing it. She's been putting in the fucking work. All right? So I just wanted to say that about her. Thank you, Kate. Like, I value you. Like, you're amazing. Like, you're a fucking great part of the team. And I brag about you just like you brag about me because you're awesome. All right? So let's get to the, let's get to the question of the story here. So here, here's what I want to know. So you just went off about all she does for you. I still haven't heard. What did you do for Kate? As the place is shutting down on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. do you need a reminder or is is no? I'll tell you. All right. So, um, uh, I, I believe we close a little early on Christmas Eve, if I remember correctly. And um, you know, uh, I'm Italian, so um, you know, it's fish. It's fish on Christmas yeah. Eve for us. My mom made me. What up, mom? A baller ass shrimp scampi. And guys, when I say my mom made me. Yes, there's a party at my house. Yes, my mom cooks the dishes for me. Like, the food is planned around me. So when I say my mom cooked me, it's because she cooked for me. <laughs> All right. And I was like, my mom made me this badass shrimp scampi with scallops in it and everything. And if you follow me on Instagram, I was, of course, I was putting up pictures. Um, and, you know, we closed early and, you know, I was work, I was at the gym Christmas Eve. I got my workout in and everything, got my work done, you know, did my thing. And Kate usually is the last person in the gym. You know, the employees leave, the customers are gone. Kate is there cleaning, you know. And, uh, and Kate was there and I was getting ready to leave because I had to be in Guilford. And, you know, she's, 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 got, she's doing her thing. She's cleaning the gym. You know, one of the things that she does, she takes trash out. But it's, it's a 20,000 square foot facility. There's a shitload of trash. It's not just like the trash in your kitchen and your bathroom. Right. It's trash in two locker rooms, three floors, fucking 15 different rooms, full trash cans. And, uh, I, you know, I look at her and I'm like, yo, let me, let me help you with that trash. And um, Kate's a very proud person. She doesn't. She doesn't want to take help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like me. Like, if I'm taking the trash out and you're like, hey, let me help you with that. I'd be like, nah, I got it. 
you know, I, I, I just got back from like every day I show up to the gym, I have like 15 bags I have to carry inside, like my food bag, my gym bag, my laptop bag, my camera bag, the dog bag, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, people will be like, hey, Chris, let me help you. I'll be like, no, I got it. And I'm like falling over because I'm too proud. You know what I mean? But the point is like Kate, Kate doesn't expect help, but I wanted to help her. Regardless of if it's Christmas Eve or not, I would want to help her more on Christmas Eve because it's Christmas Eve. Get your ass out of here and go be with your family. And if I could help you take the trash out to get you home sooner to your kids that are waiting for you, their mother and your husband, that's the least I can do. Do you want to read the story or what are you so, thinking? So. You know, it, it, we go back to, and I'm not going to lie, Chris, I've had people, um, I actually work with a couple of people that live up by where your gym is, that know of you. And uh, a couple of them have tuned in and, and asked me the real question of, when Chris says his purpose is to help people, is that really it? Or is he just a businessman, right? So Kate was responding to episode 14, which was purpose. And... Uh, <laughs> Kate said that when you said my purpose is, she was able to finish that sentence for you. And she goes on to tell the story. Um, Chris didn't miss anything. He ain't lying. It was Christmas Eve. He was packed, ready to go, ready to walk out the door. And stopped to help take out the trash. Why? Because it was something he could do for somebody. It was something that could help Kate get home to her family sooner. Also, it's what the fuck a leader does. You know? And um, it had an impact. I mean, the story is part... I mean, there's a a three-sentence paragraph on how great episode 14 was. And then you got a two-paragraph long, fully filled-out story of how much that moment meant to her. And it was kind of cool because... I've known Chris a long time and I don't know I don't know the difference between this Chris and Chris from 20 years ago cuz this is he's the same dude. The only thing that's changed is he's a little bit of a nut job now. Um but you know that's what 20 years of life will do to you. Oh yeah, 2 years 2 years at war too. You yeah. know, um but that's how it was, man. Hey, I'm hungover. Can you go pick up my shift at Carvel? Yeah, I got you, dude. <laughs> I mean, since, since I've known him, that's just kind of been what it is. So it's nice to hear these stories from real-life experiences of people that work underneath you, listen to the show. And I'm not going to lie. For me, it was kind of nice to, like, I'm standing by you in this project. Everything you say, I'm standing by. Yeah, you're saying it. But as me participating, I'm co-signing it. And to have that kind of feedback come back and be like, yeah, he really is the leader he says he is. He really will go out of his way to help people. And I think the part that probably really hit me the most, you never told me it. You didn't do it to come on the show and talk about it. It even fit the, the episode we were doing that week. And you still chose not to say anything about it. It's not about, I get pissed when I see, I, I know I shouldn't because at, at the end of the day, it's bettering people. But when I see all these Facebook posts and Instagram posts, classmates buy this kid $200 shoes. Great. Did you do that because you wanted to or did you do that because this thing now has 100,000 shares? 
when you do something like that for somebody, and listen, maybe you're not super religious, maybe you're not super into Christmas, I could tell you, Chris's family is Italian, they do Christmas, all right, it means something. To do that on a day of that importance, simply to help somebody that you value out, Dude, that story hit me when I read it in the in the email, and I want to thank you again, Kate, for sharing that, and and for all you do uh, to be the awesome human you are. So I've I've had goosebumps, uh, I still have them, since uh, you just made that statement, Steve. And you know, I'd like to speak to the people that ask you if um, I would like to help people, or or I'm a business owner, and I want to speak to you guys specifically. Um, First things first, how many business owners do you know that try to help people? I know I know them because that's who I network with. But they're far and few between. But w- the, the thing that we all share in common is our hearts are huge. And yes, we have to make a living, but... The way that we like to make a living is pure and honest. Okay. It's very easy to take money from people. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. Okay. But the hard part when it comes to making a living and having a big heart is not, not trying to make everyone see what you're doing. We just, and I speak on, you know, as us in a term of business owners that give, we, we do what we do because we genuinely enjoy it. The example that I like to use is I know restaurant owners that when they have leftovers, they give it away. The profit margins aren't big in restaurants, right. especially on the food. Okay. Um, or... You know, they donate to the soup kitchens their leftover food. Or they let the patrons that don't have money come in and eat. Having a big heart is a double-edged sword in business. you got to make money. But at the same time, you can also have a platform to help so many people. And in my life, there are people in it that point out to me, Oh, you you should take a picture and write a story about that. My mind doesn't think like that. My mind thinks like, how can I help this person? Like, you do this all the time. You see a shopping cart in the in in the in, at the stop and shop uh, parking plaza par- yeah. parking lot, and you grab that and you put it away. You've helped several people right there. Not just the guy that collects it. You helped. The person that was too busy to put it back because they didn't have time. You helped someone that didn't see it that hit the thing that dented their car, right? It might seem like a small insignificant act, but it's helping people. And I sleep better at night because I help people, right? And let me just throw the last little bit in there. My biggest hindrance as a business owner and a man isn't my heart. That's one of my biggest assets. My biggest hindrance is time. I wish I had more time to help more people. And like, 
I don't expect people to understand that because my purpose is in the third circle or my purpose is what I should say is my purpose is to help people, which I've found to be in the third circle of this book that I've rec that I've recommended the third circle theory um, by PJ. But it's who I am. And there's more of us out there. Steve, you're very similar. You're just not self-employed. No, I mean, I would, I've had many people ask me, because I have side hustles I could turn to full-time hustles. I've had people ask me, why do I not just up and leave my current job? The fact of the matter is, is I can't influence as many lives if I leave where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, shout out to all my hashtag be a good human people that have been recently tagging me and putting away the, ooh, ooh, the shopping carts. Ooh, you're cards. influencing and leading. Um, High five. <laughs> I know that seems... Isn't it a good feeling? You know, I, it is. I just want to say one quick thing about it because so many people think it's so dumb. I've had a couple of my friends be like, dude, why? Like, why you do it? It's Yo, not, why the fuck not? It, it, here's the deal, right? It's a small thing. And I preach. And this is actually one of the main reasons I do it. I preach to my students that don't understand why you do a thought web before you write or why you do a first draft when you could just get it right the first time and turn it in. If you do the little things in life correctly, if you make time and you put value on the tiniest freaking things, it could have the biggest impact in the long run. And you know what? If you do the tiny things right, the big things fall into place. Yeah. So a uh, quick transition here um, and a quick shout out. Yo, take the trash out. Yeah, take the trash out, you bums. Help people take trash out if it's their job. Hold the trash open for them. Hold the door open for them. If they drop the trash and it goes everywhere, get down on your hands and knees and clean it up. You shit on your hand just like everybody else does. Just because it isn't your job doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to, to um, this isn't so much a question, just as an acknowledgement that, like, guys, we mean it when we say you put your feedback out there, we'll take it and run with it. Um, our boy Donnie had messaged, I believe it was you. I don't think I heard about it until after you had told me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, on um, Auditing Circles. And um, we took that and turned it into a whole episode because it was actually something that... Oh, that's right, yeah. It, it's something that you have implemented in your own life and since that episode. And here's why this feedback, and not just because we created an episode on it, it's something I have very thoroughly applied most specifically in my social media life, auditing my social media in that outer circle of influence uh, to create the environment I want to experience life in. I don't have people on my Facebook timeline bickering about politics anymore. Yeah, neither I, do I. <laughs> I don't have people on Facebook bitching about their bosses at work anymore. Neither do I. I have memes. I have people trying to do positive things with their lives. I got people fucking putting shopping carts away. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, you have people putting shopping carts away on your feed too. But at the end of the day, it's I've created the world I want to be a part of by auditing all levels of my circle. So shout out to Donnie for bringing that in, not just because it was a great episode for us, but also because it's something that I have been able to take and apply to my life that has bettered it. So thank you for that. And folks, if you have an idea, we run with it. Um. Yeah. Chris, one, one, one I want to lay up to you, okay? Mm, mm. Um, Aless, did you have anything to say on the... 
Well, yeah, Donnie, uh, you know, before before we move past Donnie, the question that he asked me was, which turned into Auditing Your Circle, uh, that's episode number six. That's a good episode, guys. Yeah. Go back and listen to that one. Um, the reason why that episode was 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 shot was to because of this question. Chris, you mentioned needing to do an episode on kicking negative people out of your life. Have you considered doing an episode on just the importance of auditing yourself, including your inner circle and how you're doing this? It's something I've been practicing for the past year and is actually life-changing. Hope your day is going well. Well, all right. That, that's a serious topic, and that's episode number six, okay? And to answer his question in the Cliff Note version, if you haven't listened to episode six, is, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Shit. I audit my circle all the fucking time. Constantly am auditing it. Constantly people are moving out of it. Honestly. You know? And uh and that's and that's part of life, you know? You really gotta you really gotta understand who's an acquaintance, mm-hmm. who's a friend, who's family, and who's in your circle. Family doesn't necessarily mean they're in your circle. Acquaintance, friend, family, who's in your circle? I could count on one hand who's in my circle. How about you, Steve? I used to say two hands. It's mm. down to one now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That, that's good. I, I Listen, guys, I'm going to be straight with you. Okay. On the other hand, I can count my friends. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. My friends, like my people, all right? I, now, that, that's, that's by no means discrediting anybody else, but my friends, like my friends that I talk to on a weekly basis that have nothing to do with fitness, that are just my friends, you know? I've got to, I, I can count on one hand. They're real. And the irony is these friends, most of these people, I've known for several decades, Completely, I mean, it's not completely relevant because it has to do with this, but I actually had to revisit my circle two days ago. That's good. Um, I had a moment where, listen, folks, I'm not saying that what I'm, my thought process was correct at all, but just to kind of put this out there, um, I, I had some news come through that I don't often get rage anymore. I get a lot of frustration. I that, get angry in the moment. That's progress. Um, I actually think if this human had been in front of me at the moment, I would have been locked up. And now this is probably the worst example ever of this, but I'm going to tell you, because it was kind of a thing that afterwards I was able to laugh at. I thought to myself, if I needed people to go to war for me right now, Hmm. (laughs) who's got me? And it actually helped me remember that I need to look at where I'm at because it's moments like these that remind me we have to constantly be looking at our circles oh yeah you know not saying that I would want to drag anybody down with me because at the end of the day I wouldn't have asked anybody to do anything but it was that reflection of if I needed to actually like in a non-machismo bullshit situation if I actually needed to fight for my life in some way shape or form who would fight alongside me was the deep conversation I had after I calmed down and it just helped to remind me that I need to revisit my circles often and know where people stand in my life 
And a shout out to a co-teacher of mine who I do not believe listens, but hopefully will by the time this is all said and done. Um, I misused the word friend around them. I was like, oh, it's good to know that, you know, you're my friend. He goes, I want to go that far. And I didn't take that as offense. Actually, it made me appreciate him that much more because he has the same idea between the difference of acquaintances and friends. And we throw that term around so loosely. It was actually good to be reminded that him and I are just acquaintances. And good for him for drawing that boundary line. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. We joke and we still have a good time. And that didn't impact us any way, shape, or form. But he's right. At the end of the day, we're not, we're not truly friends. Is he somebody that may one day become a friend? Absolutely. But right now, it's just a good reminder of, like, we throw these terms around. Where do people really stand in your life? Mm-hmm. I had a very similar situation lately. But, you know what? Good addition, Steve. A good addition. Sometimes. Sometimes I add a little bit. Yeah, sometimes. Every okay. week. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times a week. Multiple times an episode. Um, our boy, Anthony, also helps us remember that we're not just business oriented here. Um, you come from an extensive background in knowledge of nutrition and fitness. And, you know, we talk a lot about the self-improvement, self-care part of, of life and improving yourself in the business world. But we have done the pillars of health. Yeah. What are we classified on at, on iTunes? Are we self-improvement? I actually don't remember. There was a few buttons. There was a few buttons. Okay. We'll have to revisit that and figure out what we're listening under. But um, Anthony, I, I, I forget if it was K-Cho or K-Chop? K-Chop. K at K-C-H-O-P-312. Comes through with a question that kind of grounds us back in your nutrition and, and fitness roots. Um, you know, directly reading the question, what would cause someone to burn muscle instead of fat? Is that a cycle that can be reversed? Uh, I don't want to put anybody on too much of a blast here, uh, but they're waiting for some feedback and would like to begin uh, some feedback some from some other professionals and would like to begin to implement what they can on their own now. So let's take that one step at a time. Um, Chris, let's start with what would cause someone to burn muscle instead of fat? Let's start there. Simple. Excellent question. Starvation. Okay. So so I think I know where you're going with this, but just to pretend I'm completely new at this. Okay. What do you mean by that? Okay, okay. So, I, you know, and I, these are two very extreme examples. These are extremely, like, off the deep end extreme. Okay. You know those commercials you see of, like, those, those poor young kids in, like, Africa? Yeah. That like you know for for a dollar a day yeah for a dollar a day you could feed this child in the entire town right okay first things first let's just put on display how wealthy we are in the United States and of how America. grateful you should be and how much how much food is in your fucking fridge right now okay let's just is is your fridge full I I guarantee everyone listening to this has food in their fridge you have an electronic device to listen to this on you got to choose you got to choose. Between that electronic device mm. and anything else that costs the same yeah. amount. Keep in mind, there's a billion people in this world that don't even have electricity. Right. Okay. Okay. These are extreme examples, but I think it's good to paint the picture. You know what those kids look like? 
in, in those commercials or, or when they flash over and they show like the decrepit mother with like flies and maggots infested around her face. You see what the body looks like? See how the body's like very slender and mm-hmm. sunken? It basically looks like a, a walking a skeleton. Ske- a skeleton with skin on it. Yeah. That's starvation. When you're starving. Oh, well, that's starvation on like a grand scheme. Right. Okay. That's the extreme. I, that's yeah. the extreme. Another another good example of starvation is, and this guys, this is this is a you know one of those dicey subjects, but you've seen pictures of what um, the not the Nazis did to, right, the, the, to, Holocaust. The, to the Jewish uh, in, in the Holocaust. Is the situation dicey? Yes, but is it true? Did it really happen? It's, As a it's history truth. teacher, it's yep. fucking truth. All right, um, we're not going to get into why or right. what happened. Um, it, though Hitler, if I was given an hour to talk to any one man. It would be Hitler, and, and I've said this before. Yeah, we talked. Uh, There's a leadership episode yeah, early on. Yeah, the, the the going question is: If you had one hour to speak to any one man in history, who would it be? Mine's Hitler. I would just I would just want to understand his his thought. How was he able to influence so many people in such a short period of time to think he was God without social media and the internet? Right. But anyways, all right. Not that I supported him. No, no, no. but. It's, no. How do you influence people to yeah. do something that's so clearly wrong? No. no, I would give him dabs. I would like give him dabs in the sense of very influential, but everything that he did with that was wrong. Anyways, the point is that's starvation. That's what someone looks like. Like picture those those Jewish, mostly Jewish individuals that mm-hmm. the pictures are taken of right before they were executed, because they were good. They were no. They were no good after that. They couldn't perform. They were they were basically living dead. Um, that's what starvation looks like. Now, there's no muscle on the body, right? Um, in those pictures between the African kids, and I'm generalizing, but the right. African kids we're talking about and the the Holocaust quote survivors at that point, and uh, you know that's a that's an extreme scale of of starvation. But you know, a lot of times what we do unknowingly is when we're trying to lose weight is starve ourselves. We just don't realize it. We might not realize it. And the metabolism itself is very similar to an elastic band, meaning it can expand like mine has. It can contract. Which mine has. Which yours has <laughs> and mine has at one point. And, 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 and it has elasticity, right? So it can grow and expand right. and stay static, of course. But when your metabolism shrinks, which is done by restricting food on a very general plane, um, you can become in starvation mode, if you will. Your body is very primal. Feed me in the sense of food. okay. And if it's being starved, it will keep itself alive. Your body has Darwinism. I will stay alive. And what it will do is tap into what is on your skeleton, for the most part, for what makes you up to stay alive. Muscle and fat. And it will eat whatever it needs to, to keep itself alive. Think about, you know, when people's like planes crash or people that stayed afloat uh, when their boat Mm -hmm. sunk and they hadn't eaten in 20 days. Yeah, they're running off their body's reserves, which is muscle and fat. So to answer the question fundamentally, that's the answer. 
I could go off on the whole tangent of the various different diets and, and this starvation process, but I think you kind of generalize that and saying, and just, just to kind of make sure I'm thinking correctly here, right? So I'm thinking about those um, where people ask, if I want to lose weight, the answer is to eat less, right? And that could be one of the potential causes to this eat, starvation. Eat less calories than your body burns. Right. So if we go too far in that deficit for too long our body is going to start eating what's it, it can yes okay and you know and, and let's not go off on the different types of diets but let's just put out there that um calories okay is a unit of measure kilocalories mm -hmm. it's energy if you're consuming less energy than your body is burning you're in a caloric deficit and being in a caloric deficit would constitute losing weight for the most part, okay? If you're in a caloric deficit for too long, you could starve. And this follow-up question, if I remember correctly, is can you reverse this? Yes. Uh, is that a cycle that can be reversed? Yes. So the principles of the metabolism being like an elastic band where it can shrink, expands in this case. Yeah, absolutely. It's a process called reverse dieting. All right, and Anthony, you are a prime, um, I don't want to say example, but a prime example of someone who could use a reverse diet. I know you personally. And the reason why when you lose so much weight and then it flies back on, like you stated in your question, is because you're starving yourself and then you're feeding yourself. Your body is primal. You starve it, you starve it, you starve it. Unknowingly, your body's gonna be like, fuck you, give me all the food the weight comes back on mm. because you're so primal. So sustainability and moderate approach to weight loss is always superior, always, okay? If you ask anyone with any sort of education in nutrition, they might tell you different styles of dieting are best, but data proves moderate weight loss is superior to long-term weight loss rather than fast weight loss right. because the data shows that the weight will not only come back on but more comes on so i think back and this is just kind of because i like to share when it's relevant and uh chris was involved i did while we worked at carvel together i did the south beach diet mm. and i kid you not in one month i lost 33 and a half pounds mm. um i was actually i worked at an ice cream joint guys and we we're allowed to eat all the free ice cream you wanted you could guess I was the heaviest, even heavier than I am now, which is pretty shocking because I'm a pretty heavy dude right now. I was the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Well, you look very trim and handsome to me. Well, that's because you just love me no matter what. Yeah. Um, but I dropped that weight, and it felt great, and it dropped quickly. The second I tried to go back to any semblance of a normal diet, I put five pounds back on like a week. And it wasn't. I wasn't indulging. Don't get me wrong. It was just so quick to come back and i think back to two years ago uh i guess it was two years ago well it will be this this summer uh i followed a plan chris had put out for me um and i'll tell you initially i actually struggled to remember my yeah. first feedback we had we had a meeting after i forget if it was a week or two weeks out but we had like our hey let's meet and see what we need to adjust yeah and i was actually struggling to to finish mm -hmm. the initial calories uh, but once my metabolism, I'm guessing this goes to that rubber band that you were talking mm -hmm, about, mm -hmm. kicked back up, 
my body was like, yeah, we need every last one of those calories. And I ended up losing about a pound and a half a week over the course of eight weeks before I had a pretty catastrophic back injury. Now, here's why I tell you the story um, and, and why I think it's relevant here. I thought it was your knees. No, 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 no. That's why yeah. I haven't gotten back off my ass yet. Oh, I thought it was from being on your knees. Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I've literally tore my back in half. It was pretty, pretty intense. From getting up off your knees? Most likely. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> asshole. Here I am trying to compliment them and, and bring a story that might help make this relevant. But uh, I actually, per doctor's orders, I went to physical therapy for, it took almost 12 weeks of physical therapy just to be able to roll over out of bed in the morning. Goodness. Without, without pain. Um, I actually maintained with minimal effort that level through most of my rehab. And, and I guess I'm more actually looking for clarification of does my story match? You said slow, sustainable versus I would argue, and I don't know, I don't know, but I felt like I was constantly hungry from day one with the South Beach. It felt, it felt to me like I was starving myself. Yeah. And that's why I was able to drop 33 pounds in a month mm-hmm. versus this pound and a half loss I had under your program and then it taking almost that full 12 weeks to put back on the weight I had initially lost. Would that be similar to the sustainable method you're talking about versus starvation? Would those be decent examples? Yeah, yeah, they're decent examples. Absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, if, if, if you're science-driven or you believe numbers, like results, uh, you're going to want to do, do your research. The numbers will tell you everything. You don't have to take my word for it. I mean... I've been in the industry for over a decade. I've been working out for 22 years. I mean, I, I've, I have fucking degrees associated with nutrition and exercise science. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's my love. But you don't have to take my word for it. Do your own research, okay? Moderate approach to weight loss will always yield the best results, not only numbers-wise, but health-wise, okay? Mm. Uh, and when people come to me and they're like, Chris, I'm going on vacation next month. I need to lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, well, you should have started six months ago. Well, can, what can you do for me? I can refer you to some fucking idiot that will take 20 pounds off you in a month. I don't do that. And they'll take your money too. And then you're going to put all that weight back on. Well, that doesn't sound very nice. Well, that's truth. Mm. So that, that, that's the God honest truth. But those situations don't actually happen very much for me anymore, guys, because people know I don't crash diet people, which is what a South Beach diet is, which is what starvation is. But what I was getting at for Anthony was, can it be reversed? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reverse diet, okay? So the principle of expanding your metabolism from being small, uh, you just basically add calories back in to your you know, calorie mark that you're, that you're living off of, which is too low, which is where people starve slowly, moderately over the course of time, rather than taking the calories away, you're adding the calories back in. It's a reverse diet. I'm actually writing a reverse diet today um, for someone that we've known for probably about 15 years um, because, you know, he's in excellent shape, but he came to me, he called me up. He's like, Chris, I, I need the best. Like, I need to work with you. I know you're expensive, but I, I, I need to get I, you. You're the only person I know that can do this. And long story short, I had him give me a food log 
of what he's been doing for a week, and lo and behold, he's starving himself. Mm. He can't lose weight anymore. He's starving himself. His body's starving. Okay, prolonged results could be him burning up his muscle, but that won't happen. We live in first world America, and he has food in his fridge. You understand? You know, he'll his body will tell him to eat and binge on food, which he'll be able to do rather than like you know a kid in Africa or a Holocaust survivor. But anyways, the point is, so I'll be reverse dieting him. So every week or every other week, I'll be adding small amounts of food in to get his calories up to a mark to where they need to be. He's a 240-pound male that carries a good amount of muscle at 6'2". He needs a lot of fucking food. I eat a lot of fucking food, and I'm six foot, 210. He's like 6'2", 240. He needs more food than me. So the point is reverse dieting, Anthony. That's the answer to your question, okay? And, um, and it's a very good question because a lot of people don't understand how it works. And I'm happy to explain how it works for anybody. And if you guys have questions, feel free to contact me. I'm happy just to explain it to you, regardless of if we work together or not. Folks, this has been fun for multiple reasons. First off, you know, it's great to, to interact. We get, we get to sit here and interact with each other. And, you know, when people DM us, we get to interact. But to interact via the show with the listeners, it's been really rewarding. It's been really awesome to do these 20 episodes. And, um, I mean, I, every time I get a message or a like or that share about something that I'm hoping improves people's lives, that, that feedback, man, of that it's working and, and people are getting it. It feels good, dude. Yeah, man. And 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 I, I couldn't agree with you more. And to kind of like kind of just reel it back in, you know, thank you, Devin at Devin Loves Loves Amy. Thank you, Kate, uh, at Kate the Great. Hacked Pug. Hacked Pug. Thank you. An- thank you, Donnie. Donnie. Thank you, Anthony. K Chop 312. Guys. It's very important that you understand how appreciative we are for all of your downloads, all of your listens, all of your shares, all of the posts that are made, all of the in-person thank yous, the DMs, the emails. It, it really helps us reinforce what we're doing. You know, this, this show itself has been a massive learning curve for us both. And you guys responding back to us really puts on display our work is is being heard. Okay. So again, you know, thank you from from the bottom of our hearts. Like we truly appreciate it. And um, just know that everything that you do, even just listening, is super important to us. And if you feel that you want to share this message with someone help us out send it to someone you know copy the link send it write a post which i don't expect but if that is done i mean jesus that's an absolutely humbling sight for both of us put it in your story email it to someone text message it to someone Uh, we're trying to get our word out there all right we've got a lot of good stuff in the pipeline coming and just thank you. Steve, you got anything? Yeah, if you want to hear those dope beats <laughs> that Chris doesn't think actually exist, 
get at me at jacksox j-a-x-o-x 87 on instagram chris what about you man yo hit me up on uh on instagram chris warns one you could add me on facebook if you'd like christopher warns uh both platforms i'm pretty active on most of my shit comes out on instagram um and before we go uh, I think the final word today is appreciate everyone in your life that is good to you. Understand that those won't be, meaning there will be ones that aren't good to you. Take the good with the bad. Roll with the fucking punches. Play the cards you got and help people. They say it's lonely at the top in whatever you do. You always gotta watch motherfuckers around you. Nobody's invincible, no plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with and do your thing with could set you up and wet you up. Nigga, peep the language, it's universal. You play with fire, it may hurt you or burn you. Lessons are blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lace tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. There ain't nobody to trust. It's like sabotage. It's got me ready to bust, but I can't jeopardize what I've done up to this point. So I'ma get more guys to help me run the whole joint.